Hey guys, welcome to There Are No Instructions, where we talk about work, being a mom, and life, and how there are absolutely no guides or handbooks to how we tackle the everyday. I am your host, Karina, and today I am going to be talking about work and how you could put all of your heart and soul and give so much loyalty to a company only to be passed up for uh, promotions and advancement opportunities and things like that. This is something that actually really kind of bothers me because I have been in numerous positions where there were internal advancement opportunities and I applied for them and, you know, I proved myself to be a really stellar employee only to sadly be passed up for them or be um, have somebody else hired for that position. And by all means, that other person could be way more qualified than myself. Um, they could offer so much more to the table than what I can offer. But it's one of those things that for me has been presented to me as an opportunity only to be last minute taken away or to be Um, strung along for a certain period of time and today I'm going to talk about now as a working mother what trying to climb your way up in a company not only as a working mother but maybe as a person of color and also a woman in the workplace and I have written um, some blog posts about being a career woman but also being a mother at the same time and how I am now a working mother. I'm not just a woman who works and what that might mean for my family. And there's this real struggle of being a person that is not quite yet established in their career or even established in their career at all. I mean, you know, I'm still working this like pretty crummy hourly position where I'm taking out the trash still and scrubbing toilets and really trying to catapult myself after I finish school into either career in, you know, business administration or teaching. And um, one of the biggest things I think I found um, struggling with this is having a husband that is so established in his career. And having that, unfortunately, definitely causes me to feel this level of jealousy or envy and just a little bit of resentment because that is where I want to be, even though I just finished school and I know that he's been in his career for years and I am just starting out. There's no need for me to have those feelings, but you know, they're there. I want to be in my career and I'm just not there yet. And honestly, that's okay. I mean... So many people will either have a job and enter a career and be in that career for a handful of years and then do a complete change in what they want to do. I mean, my psychiatrist was a nurse for so long. She worked in the ER and then she stopped and was a mom for about 25 years and then went back to school to become a nurse practitioner and didn't go back into the hospital. She went into psychiatry. And while even though that is still on that same you know, nursing career path, she did take a break from that. And she, you know, became a stay at home mom, but then she decided to come back and start up her career, but not only just go back to what she was doing, you know, kind of go in a completely different route. And while 
maybe she wanted to take that break in between career choices. My thoughts on it are, you know, why do women feel the need to put their careers on hold or like they have to put their careers on hold? And once I found out I was pregnant, I did feel as though I had to put some stuff on hold. I mean, when I found out I was pregnant, I had just finished applying to PhD programs. I was at the tail end of my master's program and I wanted to teach and I wanted to leave my current position, but I felt like I couldn't make those choices. And I, I mean, I want to say wasn't allowed, but that I had no other option but to not make any additional career moves which left me in this perpetual hole of a question asking myself why did I have to put my career choices on hold my husband got to continue down his career track and even make amazing advancements between finding out we were pregnant and you know today and I mean genuinely to me that's just it's just not fair and I don't mean that it's not fair in the sense of like you know he shouldn't be able to continue down this career track because I'm not able to and I don't mean it's not fair in the sense of he should you know not accept advancement opportunities because I'm not able to make advancement opportunities. It it just felt unfair to me in the sense of it was, it was on me. The feeling was on me feeling that I couldn't continue or even start a career track being pregnant. And I wasn't in a position to take any advancement opportunities, knowing that I'd be faced with having to take maternity leave for three months or missing days of work due to um, doctor's appointments. And I want you guys to realize that all of these statements I'm making are I statements and me statements and my statements because I felt the burden of, you know, can I make a career change? Can I make the right decisions in my job and also accommodate my family. It was a weight on myself and that weight was overbearing. I remember having a conversation with my graduate advisor kind of um, towards the end of my program and telling him that I didn't feel as if I could move jobs while being pregnant and he told me I was completely wrong. He told me that women do it all the time. But I personally felt like I couldn't do it because there was this sense of security and comfort with where I was. It had steady pay. It had great benefits. I'd been there for a long time. And to me, that was, that was more euphoric than making a career change amongst everything that was going on. My therapist even said the same thing. She said the exact same thing that my advisor said. I mean, I told her that 
I completely understood how women can get stuck at certain jobs or in certain positions out of this possible feeling of inability to advance and that they just got comfortable then they started having families and there's that security there in a familiar job and that feeling of security in a face of so much uncertainty that comes with being a parent was comfortable and let's be real motherhood is a job in it of itself it is unpredictable and you get little to no training so maybe something about repetitiveness is what keeps mothers from moving forward in their career or staying in it at all advancing is difficult and even after having my daughter and applying for full-time positions before I started applying for teaching I was asked a question that I I mean I absolutely knew no man would be asked this and that was if you get this position how would you feel putting your daughter in full-time daycare and that question I mean who in their right mind would ask that question and weirdly enough the position I was interviewing for was HR and you know in hindsight I definitely should have called them out on that right then and there it's such an inappropriate question I had a lot of feelings about putting my daughter in full-time daycare I felt guilt and shameful and you know like I was a terrible mother for choosing to put my daughter in full-time daycare because it meant it was taking my time away from her and you know leaving her with somebody else for 40 hours a week it's a difficult decision to want to keep my eye on a career and keeping myself focused on being career oriented and goal oriented and achieving my dreams there nobody should ever ask a mother how they feel about that additionally it's not just about being a mom for me it's not just about being a working mother there's also the aspect of being a person of color I recently accepted a position at a community college teaching and during orientation we had a conversation about the demographics of the college and how it was predominantly white and how departments on campus were consciously trying to make sure that their divisions were you know diversified because they wanted those couple of students that were people of color to be able to relate to instructors and not feel like they were being isolated and to me that's genuinely one of the most awkward conversations you could possibly have especially with a white person I believe you know during all of grad school okay well maybe not all of grad school but a good portion of grad school I 
suffered from what is called imposter syndrome. And basically imposter syndrome is when you are either in a position or doing something or accepted to a college and you feel like you are not qualified enough to be there or you're not smart enough to be there and you're somehow wondering how did I end up here? I am not fit for this role. So it really makes me wonder, was I hired for this position because I'm capable of it? Because I earned my master's degree, I worked hard for it, I am smart, I can teach students, or was I just hired as, you know, the diversity hire? And to be honest, I have made that joke. I have made the diversity hire joke. Like, oh, they just hired me because I'm a person of color. Oh, they can't, you know, get rid of me because I'm a protective class. And, you know, all jokes aside, there comes a time where there is some level of reality to it. So then it came time to meet with a second college that I uh, got hired to work at because, you know, all faculty members at community colleges always start off at adjunct professors. So I was sitting there and we were having a conversation about the position and what it entailed. And the woman just straight up said, we don't have a diverse faculty. And because our campus demographic is becoming so diverse, we want to ensure that our department is also diverse. And to be completely honest, I absolutely loved the level of honesty that came with that statement. It meant that that department was cognizant to what the students of that school needed, and they were attempting to make a change. So I didn't feel as if I was hired because of my color of skin. I felt as if I was hired because I was intelligent, because I was smart, because I got a graduate degree and I have complete faith in myself and confidence in myself that I can teach those students and they see that. They want their students to see that people of color can achieve higher education and they shouldn't feel like they can't. So on top of everything, being a woman also makes it difficult. I mean, we are told we're too emotional, that we're shrill, that because we want to become mothers, we're not going to be able to work as hard as our male counterparts. And that's completely incorrect. If anything, we can probably prove ourselves way more worthy and hardworking as our male counterparts. I mean, we have to push a freaking baby out of our vaginas after, you know, making it in our belly for nine months. That's intense work. It's an intense workload. And, you know, I worked all the way up until I was having contractions that were seven minutes apart. I would love to see a man go through contractions that were seven minutes apart and be able to run around and accomplish and finish their jobs and tasks. It's just not a thing. So now I live in this world where as a mother, 
I have to prove to myself and others that being a mother is not going to get in the way of the choices I want to make professionally as well as convincing myself that I'm doing the right thing and not sacrificing time with my family. And then as a person of color, I have to prove to myself and others that I didn't just get to where I am because of my skin color. And then on top of that, I have to prove that just because I'm a woman, it doesn't mean that I'm incapable of doing all of the same things at work that a man can do. I don't just want to teach my students that they can be a person of color and achieve things academically and professionally. I want to also teach my daughter. And it's also not just, you know, teaching her that being a working mom is okay and that you can really be successful as a person of color, but it's also you can be successful as a woman. And at the end of it all, all I want to do is be able to raise a daughter who knows that she can do whatever she wants to do, whatever she wants to set her mind to. I want her to see that you don't have to sacrifice much of anything to become a mother. You can still work. You can still set goals. You can still achieve those goals all the while being a mom, all the while being a woman, all the while being a person of color. Before I had her, I felt like I had something to prove for myself. But now as a mom, I feel I have something to prove for her to make way so she has it just a little bit easier than the generation before. All right, guys. So before we head out, I want to jump into a segment called Moms in the News, where I kind of just talk about an article that I read this week, either um, that I found or one of my friends or husband sent to me that really spoke to me and I feel like it needs to be discussed. So the article this week comes from the New York Times opinion section titled Motherhood in the Age of Fear, where women are being harassed and even arrested for making perfectly rational parenting decisions. It is written by Kim Brooks, um, who is a writer for the New York Times, and basically it talks about the fears of motherhood in today's society. Throughout the article, she talks about how she left her kids in the car for a split second to run an errand before they headed off to the airport. And when she landed, she got a phone call from the police department basically stating that what she did was illegal and that it was a crime. And she had to contact a lawyer um, to wait and see if the police would press charges or contact the Department of Children um, and Family Services. And as a mother, I cannot even imagine the fear that consumed 
not only this woman, but probably her family as well. And it's made me think that we have come to a time where everything is driven by fear. Kids no longer play in the streets the way that I did in the 90s. We no longer went to the park, you know, unsupervised like I did in the 90s. We are we are genuinely consumed by fear. And the fear stems from the judgment of the people around us, the strangers around us. Women across the United States are being charged with things like unlawful neglect of a child or, you know, child abuse because they have to go to work and they don't have childcare. And, you know, childcare is so freaking expensive. My husband and I are fortunate enough that we can afford childcare, but at the end of the day, we're basically working for childcare. And I know a lot of mothers that have to quit their job because that paycheck, that dual income household, that one paycheck that's contributing to the house is just taken away. So it's just easier to take your child out of daycare or childcare and, you know, lose that money. But then what about the parents that can't afford childcare, but they have to work? I mean, a woman in Arizona was charged with felony child abuse because she needed to go to a job interview. She needed to get her life together and she didn't have anybody to watch her children. And to me, I think that's okay. If it's not hot outside, you know, you can roll down the windows for a little bit. The interview is like, what, 15 minutes? You you know, have your child watch a show. As long as it's not scorching a million degrees outside, I mean... My mom left me in the car all the time to go into the store, and it was way more than a couple minutes, and she was not a bad mother. I also don't know how many times I've run into Starbucks really quick. You know, I order for my phone, it's ready to pick up when I'm there, but am I really going to unbuckle my daughter from her car seat, like walk into that Starbucks with her on my hip and then grab that drink when it's literally a 30 set, maybe even less than 30 second run into the Starbucks. But that's the thing is when I get out of my car and run into that Starbucks, I do have that anxiety. I do have that fear that somebody walking by is going to take a picture of my license plate and they're going to take a picture of my daughter in there. And then as soon as I get back to the car, they're going to judge me for leaving my child unattended for literally five seconds. All moms are doing the the best that they can. They are doing their best to be caregivers, to work, to juggle all sorts of things. And there's absolutely no reason to shame a mother for doing what they need to do just because it doesn't align with that passerbyers on the street opinion or the way that they would raise their child. If anything, I might think that person across the street is raising their child completely wrong because it's not the things that I believe. Moms absolutely cannot live in fear. 
of what might happen to them if they let their kids go play in the park for half an hour unattended or in the cul-de-sac for half an hour unattended. We should not be afraid to make the decisions that we feel are right for our family. So at the end of the article, Kim, you know, was very fortunate that the prosecutor of this um, case did not pursue any charges in exchange for a hundred hours of community service. She didn't lose her job. She wasn't placed on a registry of child neglectors. And she makes the statement that she didn't and she doesn't feel bad about what happened to her. Um, She says, quote, I worry about all the ways our country seems to be at war with children. Even as we insist, our greatest responsibility is to protect them, end quote. And I agree with this. Women should not be doing 100 hours of community service for leaving their kid in the car for less than five minutes when it's 55, 60 degrees outside in the morning to just grab something. So thank you, Kim Brooks of the New York Times, for sharing this story um, of something that's really important to talk about. I don't feel like moms are willing to stand up and talk about the things that really matter. And that's why I'm here. I want to share my stories. I want to share my opinions. And you are more than welcome to join me every week to listen. You can write me an email, rhetoricalmom at gmail.com. You can visit my website www.rhetoricalmom.com. And, you know, if you have anything you want to share, just shoot me an email. You know, I'm here to listen. We're not here to shame each other. We're not here to judge each other. And that's the point I want to get across. I hope you enjoyed this episode and that you'll join me next week when I talk about white fragility and how my opinions on the racial conversation have changed from before having a daughter to after having a daughter. Have a great week, everybody. And holy shit, I cannot believe it's already August.